Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Hey, yo, what's good? Check it out. This your boy, Elder Sensei, one half of the legendary artifacts. You are right now in tune to my man, Tim Einenkel, at the library on rapstation.com. Let's get it popping, y'all. Artifacts. Peace, Elder Sensei. I'm out. You got a real one right there. That's a real one. That's a real one. See the real ones right here. My next guest is definitely a student of hip-hop. I mean, the dude did take a Ninth Wonders hip-hop in context 101 class at North Carolina State University, which is a pretty great teacher to have. This North Carolina MC released his second album, Almost Time, in October 2016. It's a pretty incredible album, and I want to welcome Mark Steele to the library with Tim Ryan Hey, what up, what up, man? Thank you for having me, bro. What's the difference between the real and the fake? Who show love? Who fill in the blanks? Real ones ride any day, fly around the map, fake ones smile in your face, toe behind your back, straight off the strip like they pulled off the wax. Thank you for being here, man. Uh, so I want to start from... You know, I was I was watching an interview or reading an interview by you and and you and you know you you were talking about your parents and you called them you know quote unquote hip hop parents right and you talked about how yeah. um, you remember you know you'd go in and they would be playing Biggie and Tupac would be playing your house it's interesting because you're part of now this generation of of young MCs that are coming up that have uh, MCs as their influences and rap as their influence versus like you know, rap wasn't really the popular genre back then or wasn't even a genre and people were looking to other influences. But then I, I, I listened to your album and you definitely hear that you have a, a wide variety of influences. So I was just curious, one, who are your MCs? Like who are your influences there? But then who are your non, I guess, rap influences? If we talking about non-rap, it's still very close. It's more of like R and B then. Like I, I like uh, I like a lot of like '90s R and B, like uh, Brandy and Monica and Tony Tone, Tony Tone Tone. I don't know. I like I like I don't know. I'm random, man. <laughs> I, honestly, I'm not. Sometimes, sometimes I like a song that's like I'll just like one song. Right. I might not listen to it a lot. But like one of my favorite songs in the whole wide world is uh, "Tell Me" by uh, by uh, a Groove Theory. Oh my god, that's 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 the best song ever. You know what I'm saying? I like stuff like that. So right, and, and admittedly, like I, that's probably my favorite song by them. But at the same time, I probably haven't heard. <laughs> you know, I, I probably wasn't those, like one of those times where I didn't explore their other stuff. 
but yeah. It's, yeah, just like a track. Definitely, yeah, no, Groove Theory is a definitely, um, and Tell Me is definitely a hot track to, to be influenced yeah. by. Um, you know, um, you know, as mentioned, you know, Ninth Wonder is your, your mentor. You, you know, you, you were a student in his class at uh, North Carolina State University. Um, prior to, he was like, prior to going into uh, the class, uh, what was kind of your perspective of rap music and hip hop culture? And then, how did that change? Did, if at all, did that change at all uh, after the class? And how did it change? My perspective before then was I don't know. I, I think it was it was just more from the outside looking in, like you know, like what I could like kind of like put two and two together with, like you know, was seeing you know stuff on TV and you know my you know, hearing radio and stuff like that. Uh, and, and I think at that time it was like MySpace was still like, it was like on its way out or something. You know what I'm saying? Or it might've been out. I think YouTube was kind of getting big too, but I don't know. I, you know, I, I was really just like so wet behind the ears. I didn't know. Like all I did was want to make music. And I thought like, you know, like, you know, I wasn't really thinking from a business standpoint, a business level or how to carry yourself and, you know, like carving out your own legacy and all all the stuff that I learned from Ninth, you know what I'm saying? Because I was able to, you know, I was, you know, it's rare in North Carolina to to be able to, you know, kind of like rub elbows with somebody that's actually in the music industry right. and be able to see them on a daily basis. Like, that's like so rare. So to have that opportunity and have it at that time period and at that point was like great because, you know, I was able to finally figure out, uh, you know, I was able to figure out a lot. And uh, I think I didn't talk to, to uh, you know, I wasn't like studying under him very closely as I was with Knight, but uh, Christopher Play Martin mm -hmm. was uh, also like, just by example, just leading my example, I was able to see how he carried himself and like afterwards, you know, because obviously he, his run was way earlier, but just to see him at that point and how he carried himself and how he talked to people and like, you know, like somebody would go up in front of the class and like say something, you know, maybe talk about themselves and talk about their music ventures. And, you know, he would like, he would like tell the old class, like, Hey, you guys listen, pay attention. Cause you never know who's in his room mm. and like, who's going to be the next somebody, you know what I'm saying? And then he would tell stories about his experiences with that. You know what I'm saying? So I just, I just got closer to knowing what it was really like, you know. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you, you, you just kind of touched on something, and I, I imagine this is kind of why you took a you, you lived in New York for four years. But you talk about it partly uh, in, on the album, um, you know, almost time in the track uh, "Big Dreams." Man, I swear this time last year I was down and out. Yeah. Four years in New York could chew me up and spit me out. Right. Ended up back in Durham, I moved down south. Back to square one, I'm sleeping on my sister's couch. Damn. I felt so caged in, that shit that stressed me out. But then I got a couple emails that let me out. You talk about going to New York for four years and, you know, not having the greatest of experiences and then coming back home to North Carolina. Was that trip to New York, was that, prior, was that partly because or mostly because you... Like you said, you weren't, you know, you're not rubbing elbows with people in the industry in North Carolina. Um, what was the purpose of your trip to New York City at the time? Yeah, I mean, it was it was a lot of different factors involved in me moving to New York. Um, but yes, one of those was that, like, I felt like, I, I don't know, for, at that time period, I was like, man, I, 
I don't want to like be one of those like undiscovered talents. You know what I'm saying? Like I always knew I had good, great talent. And I was like, dope because people would tell me, and obviously I knew myself, but you know, I you kind of I kind of looked at it like as like ball players who maybe they didn't get, you know, they went to a low level school and they didn't get the. uh you know, the look that they needed or be in front of the scouts they needed, you know what I'm saying, to get to the NBA level or to get to the next level. And I was just like, I don't know, man. I I, I read on other people's stories, and I was like, man, that was one of the reasons. So, that yeah, that was a, that was a big reason. But it also had a lot to do with just personal reasons. Like, you know, I was getting in a lot of trouble um, at, during that time period, and, you know, I had to kind of like make a decision and and choose like, yo, what are you? Okay, this is the this is like a crossroad. Like, what are you gonna do with your life? Are you gonna be around, you know, your same old friends and get into the same old trouble and end up where they all ended up? You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And you know, kind of take that path, or are you gonna really pursue something? And then it was also something in the back of my head that said like, yo, it was a lot of things that were leading me to New York. And and then I was still, like, cold feet. Like, nah, I don't think I'm going to do that because it's, like, totally random, totally radical. And it's, I was thinking to myself, like, I don't want to be 35 years old and then sitting to myself saying, like, you know, remember that time you almost thought about moving right. and you didn't do it? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. what if? What would have happened? I didn't want to be able to have that conversation with myself, so I did it. What was the – I just – what was the kind of the the well two things like what was the straw that kind of broke the camel's back in terms of making you want to move back to uh Durham but also uh the what you learned in New York and what you the purpose of you one of the the purposes of you getting away uh, how did you how how are you i guess confident enough that you weren't going to kind of fall back you know to the old you uh, to the all you know the old marks deal in uh, North Carolina yeah so i mean Moving back was I felt like I had I had learned so much like that is what turned me into a man you know what I'm saying I, I learned so much being you know I didn't have much support when I was there I didn't know a lot of people you know what I'm saying so I had to like not only try to like you know do my thing music wise and you know you know making some noise musically but I also just had to survive like just, you know, living every day. And that was tough in, in, in a city like that. Like, that was, I didn't understand the magnitude of what it was going to be like. So it taught me so many things. I experienced so many things. It turned me into a man. And it was really the mind state, you know, because mm-hmm. when I was in New York, I had already started doing certain work with ESPN. And by that time, I had gained some momentum. And it just showed me, like, man, you know what? I can do this wherever. Like, I don't have to be, I don't, you don't have to move, like, especially with the internet now, like, you don't have to do that. Like, you could be right where, if you in a small town, you in a small city, and, you know, like, you, you, you want to go grab connections and grab a network and all of that, but, like, you can make it wherever you from. I really honestly believe that, and that was one of the reasons that made me come back. You know, what's interesting is that, you know, you listen to Almost Time, and you, you imagine, I mean, for me, my perspective, I'm imagining it's, 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 it's a it's a a lot of it's about you right um and and there's this this kind of the introduction almost time after this intro there's a uh there's a voice at the end of the track saying i'm off to work don't let me get a call from your teacher you were daydreaming in class again 
and I kind of yeah. imagine that was probably you as a student. <laughs> um, yeah. So what? So you know, I, I've always cared about the the, edu- the education aspect, but not the education aspect. How were you in? You know, like what grades you get? Mostly, uh, how were you able to kind of balance or try to balance being a student, but also being this obviously extremely creative person? And then were there? Did you find that one teacher that was able to, or that you know, one mentor in high school or whatever, that was able to help foster that uh, that creativity in you and understand what you were like? If you, even if you, I don't know if you were, but let's say you were failing one grade, but you obviously are very, you know, smart in this art world. Did you find that teacher that helped you foster it? Yeah, I mean, I honestly. This is and I this is just being totally honest. No, I didn't. I, I I was able to have a, I was able to outside of music. I mean, outside of school, have that mentorship. Mm-hmm. Like some one of my early mentors was a uh, Skaz Digger. Uh, he's currently a uh, Big Daddy Kane's road DJ. But that was straight out of Durham, North Carolina. You know what I'm saying? And he when I um. Uh, before I decided like rapping on my own and like doing a solo thing and Mark Steele moniker, I, I I was rapping in a group and um my uncle founded it, you know, back when I'm like fifteen, you know what I'm saying, like tenth grade, high school, whatever. And um I you know, I recruited my one of my best friends who who makes a lot of my beats today, Mike Banny made a lot of beats on the album and uh we were a rap group back then. And um, it was me being outside of school every day after school and, um, you know, sort of like, you know, if you was like playing sports or something, we was going to the studio. So I was already getting those. I was already like grooming. I was being groomed early, mm-hmm. real, real early. You know what I'm saying so I was able to find mentorship that way. But as far as being in school, like I'm going to tell you a story. Like I remember we was an unsigned hype in this group. It, the group was called Mike and Rep. Rep. That's like my uh, nickname around the city when I was like young, mm. or whatever. So that was like a rap name too. So it was Mike and Rep, and we actually were unsigned hype. We got an unsigned hype uh, look in the source oh, nice. uh, back then, and um, I was still in high school, and um, it. You know, I was like so. I remember when I seen it, like got the article in the magazine in my hand. And I was like so happy, and I came to school. I'm like, like happy, just like showing everybody in the lobby, like, hey, look, this is me, man, look, 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 look. And I remember I wanted to show my creative writing teacher because like that, you know, like that was like the closest you could get to like, I guess, like rapping. Right, right, right. And, yeah. um, you know, hey, she she was like, hey, calm down. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like you too, you, she was like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Maybe I interpreted it the wrong way, but I felt like she was like, didn't want me to be happy or something. It was weird. So I, I remember moments like that. But now as I'm telling you this story, I do remember really early in school, um, in middle school, this is before like I started, you know, doing a going to the studio rapping, my very, very first memories of music and when I found out that I really wanted to do it, um uh was like my band teacher, like in the sixth grade I took took band for like a year. And uh, my band teacher and then the chorus teacher was right beside him. I didn't take chorus, but the chorus teacher, every year they, they made everybody in chorus, like, make a, a CD, a school CD. Um, so, they, you know, they had recording equipment. And then after 
after class, we would go to, I formed like a little group and we would go to a chorus teacher and have him record us. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, nice. so, and so they were, that was, that was early. I, I do remember that. So I can't, I can't say that. I, I guess I've experienced both where, you know, some teachers just don't get it and not as supportive, but you know, some people are, ah, but I mean, I, I knew I was born to do this, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, but you gotta, is you know, you gotta be able to, uh, balance the two, you know what I'm saying? I feel like education and, and getting through, getting through everyday life is just as important. And then you, you just take those experiences and you make it into a soundtrack, you know? Uh, on the album, on, on your album, uh, almost time that, you know, you, like I mentioned, you do a lot of, you go through a lot of subjects and, and areas and, 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 you also talk about like what happens to an artist when they finally, you know, make it in the spotlight and that backlash that happens. And you, you do that really well in the track so long. to be brother, twins like Fonte, Thomas, and Pat. I'm thinking like one day I just gotta keep pedaling. It's hard staying ill coming from cities of medicine. Saw moved away and came back. Now I'm sizzling. Went to see Skaz. He called me a young veteran. Had a convo about who's on top, and I was telling him, put any of them on my level and watch me level them. Case I'm a fight my case. I'm not settling in a place where I never So how do you as an artist or how have you uh prepared for this? I mean a couple of things. How, how have you just prepared for this this moment? Like, you know, you know, you know, your you know, your 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 face is everywhere. Is this even too, is this even a goal for you? Is this like is this what you wanna get out of this music uh to be, you know, on the face of, you know, every magazine and, you know, video everywhere? Or are you? Or is there? Or is there a different mission with with the art? Of course, I want that. Like I, I think, but it's for. I want to be seen. I want to be known for the purpose of having a, a greater influence. Like my goal is to is to grab notoriety and, and grab uh, influence, and then be able to distribute that in a very healthy and pure form for the next generation. You know what I'm saying? Because I remember being so highly influenced by, by artists and everything I seen back during those stories that I told you, them, the times I told you back in school, I was so highly influenced by anything I seen, like, you know what I mean? And I know that music and words are powerful and I want to be able to channel my, my experiences and, channel my thoughts and and bring them to people and bring them to the next generation to just help it move forward. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like I, I see so many people that, that I know or that I knew that were pursuing something, maybe the same thing I was or something different. And for whatever reason, you know, they stopped. Mm-hmm. And I just told you about how, the fact that I've been, I, I never even thought of this, but to just now kind of put it two and two together. I've been actually making songs and recording and stuff since I was in the sixth grade and I'm well past the sixth grade now. So I was like, man, that's a long time. And I'm still, you know, I talked to, I talked to one of my old friends a couple months ago. We hadn't talked in a long time. And he was like, man, you still going. Like, I, I remember I met you with you passing me out a flyer in the ninth grade, you know what I'm saying? To your show. And like, you still you still doing it. I just seen you, you know, on on you know on Shade Four Five or something. So, you know, I just want to sh- show people like, man, keep going, keep doing it. Like, I got a lot of positive messages that I want to give out in a in a pure form because I'm not perfect. I'm not a 
you know, perfect being. And I, I feel like even my hardships and my flaws can be an example of, you know, how to overcome or, or, or what not to do or whatever. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I want to be, I, I just want to help push the culture forward, push the world forward through my art. Like, yo, oh, you dope, yo. We feel you getting closer, my nigga. You about to blow, yo. I'm like, oh, you think so? They like, yeah, we know so. I'm like, shit, I hope so. Because I've been waiting so long, so long. And, and then the great thing you do is you you also you know, track fame, right? You you warn people about the dangers of that, right? Yeah. Uh, are you trying to be a star, ain't you? Are you trying to run a game, be the head nigga in charge, ain't you? Doing big living laws, ain't you? Big mansion, swimming pool, and a 10-car garage, ain't you? Fill it up with foreign cars, ain't you? Hit the jeweler, get cooler, wearing ice with no flaws, ain't you? Are you trying to hit the mall? So how do you, you're young, how do you, was there ever, were you ever worried that you were going to create a song that sounded as if you were like, you know, like, quote, quote, unquote, being a hater or talking, you know, like talking at another young artist and, and, and how do you, and you did, and tell me, you trust me, you did not do that at all in this track fame. So yeah. how, how did you yeah. create that? How, how did you write fame in a way where you, where you realize, you know, you're not talking at an artist, you're talking, you know, just normally to giving a good, good advice to a fellow artist. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of wanted it, it. It was cool that I was able to create that one because I, I, uh, I felt like when I was writing it, I was talking to someone else, but I was talking a little bit to myself. You know what I'm saying? It's like, what is, you know, especially early when you don't know, like you kind of like when you, when you first start rapping, like you're going to rap about whatever you hear on, you know, whatever you heard, like, you know, you probably heard what do rappers rap about. They rap about money and drugs and girls and fly cars, whatever. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like you get the typical, that's what you think. Like, you know, so like, you know, I, I was kind of talking to that person, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, you oh you want to be, don't you? You know what I'm saying? Like, why not? Like, that's really, you know, I, that's what I was saying. Mm-hmm. And it, it could be kind of like read a response to, like, wh- whoever you think I'm talking to. I could have been talking about myself. I could have been talking to the next guy. Uh, I thought it was just a clever way to speak, uh, you know, to, to get the point across that, like, you know, this is what it might look like but it's not as green as you think it is. You know, the grass ain't as green as you see it. You know what I'm saying? Before I, before I move on and talk about more of the album, I was just curious, is fame a kind of a way, uh, like maybe some ode, ode to juveniles, ha? Huh? That's you with that bad-ass business, huh? That's you that can't keep old ass because you keep fucking the friends, huh? You got to go to court, huh? You got to serve a subpoena for child support, huh? And you know what? Yes, yes it is. Oh. Yes it is. Is that how you see? I, hey man, you y'all like you. You got you. You really, you really got you. You really know what you're doing out here. Yes, yes it is. Well, uh, so, so what? I guess what? Um, why? Why? This why? <laughs> well, why? I don't know. I wanted, I wanted so the beat. So when I create, I'm, I'm, I'm writing to records. I'm writing to the beat. So Mike sent me that record. Mike Bannon. Um, I'm listening to it. I don't know what where I'm going with it, but I knew what I wanted to talk about, mm-hmm. and and I, you know, I. 
for that for whatever reason I felt like a New Orleans type of influence. That's why even in the hook, you hear Woody Woody. You know what I'm saying? Like so yeah, like so you get the you get the oh you wanna be a star, don't you? And it's it's just like the oh you wanna so you you know I, I can't remember the lyrics now, but you know the hot. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. No, I, I definitely took that. That was dope. No, it was cool. I was like, I was hearing it. I was like, wow, this is a, this is a really cool uh, ode to Juvenile's Ha. And it's really, I mean, you know, in my mind, I was like, if he if he did that purposely, that's 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 pretty smart and pretty incredible. To have, like, kind of mix it because it's, it also doesn't come off as like you're quote unquote stealing it. You know, it just comes off yeah. as like a tribute to what he was doing you know, in the '90s, and you kind of like brought it back to 2016, which was kind of dope. Uh, dope to hear. Um, yeah. Uh, so so almost time is a. 14 tra- I'm always I'm kind of always interested in like features on albums and track placement and stuff like that and and it seems like you know I I I look for music to send over to the DJs at Rap Station or Chuck D at Rap Station and I always find I always find um I always I always end up finding singles that just have a lot of features on them and I think <clears throat> the interesting about your album it's 14 like I said 14 tracks but the first 7 is just you right and then the the eighth track is uh, "Ain't Real" featuring uh, rapper Big, you know, Pooh from Little Brother. So I was curious, and why did you decide just track placement? Why why did you decide first seven should just be Mark Steele, and then let's have a feature on there, track eight? I think it was based off of two reasons. For one, I wanted to the, the records that I did put in front kind of like play play through the story. Mm-hmm. And kind of like gave you the you know the concept of what almost time was really about records like so long and big dreams and you know it, it you know gave you the the really introspective view and then it also gave you a little a little bit of boasting with like tell them you know what I'm saying yeah. and just kind of showed you where I was as an artist and uh, the second you know so I wanted to like I said I wanted to draw the story out but the second reason why it was like that was because. I was also, uh, and this is probably more just, you know, just my team around me t- telling me this stuff, but it was like, you also got to remember that most of, most, a lot of people haven't heard of you or still haven't, don't mm-hmm. know, you know, this is like, this is like one where, you know, we, I mean, I'm really expecting a lot of people to hear or more people to hear than before. So give them you. Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't want to like, you know, I didn't want, I didn't want to be overshadowed too much by features just yet. So I don't know. I, it kind of, kind of all like played into each other for that reason. As you know, as mentioned, the the track track eight is that uh, real features rather be proof little brother. Let's curious, how did this collaboration happen? And then, um, you know, like you said, in the age of the internet, with you know, you could just you don't have to be in the same place as someone. Were you guys actually in studio together? And if not. Kind of how did the writing process happen between both of you? Yeah, so I met Big Pooh. It's been years in the making. Like I, I never ran into him. I know him nine for years through, you know, obviously being essential, whatever. And then we kept the relationship after that. But uh, I never ran into Big Pooh or Fonte. And um, I uh, was at A three C. Um. And he was, it was like, I think it was, we was at a concert. It was at a, 
was like on a big stage. Uh, Ray, uh, Rakim was performing, and he was backstage, and I seen him, and I'm like, oh, uh, I'm talking about Big Pooh, yeah. and I seen him, and, and you know, you know, I introduced myself, and it was dope because he like knew who I was, and you know, I was just coming off the ESPN run, so he, he knew about the record, and you know, what I'm saying it was like I had, it was great because normally if I meet somebody, I could like introduce you. And I kind of like, kind of like, it gotta explain stuff to you, and it's not really a mutual respect yet, because you know I'm still, you probably don't know who I am, or yes. haven't heard of me yet. Right. But he had, he had known it, and it was dope. And I'm like, yeah, and then, you know, I obviously I respect him, and I love little brother and what they do, so it, it made sense. And you know, he's he's in North Carolina, and we, you know, we kept in touch. And no, we didn't do the record together. We could have because we actually. Um, in the same city, and we know a lot of the same people, and even record out of the same studio sometimes. But mm -hmm. that particular record, I had got the beat in Philly um, from a producer um, named Ben Ford um, on, on one of my Philly trips, and I had the beat in the stash for a long time. And um, I think I just had the hook, like I just knew what the hook was going to be. And when I met Pooh, I was like, "Yo, I want the record," and he was like, "Okay." That's when I got the word, and I, um, you know, I recorded my verse and I sent it over to him, and he, you know, he, uh, he loved it. He loved the message. I remember him saying that. He said he really loved the message, and then he sent it back to me. Yeah. Yeah. Almost time. Mark Steele, the legendary Big Pool, Ben Ford on the beat. Uh. Used to think Santa Claus was black, uh Used to think history was facts, uh Used to believe what they said in their raps, they ain't real, uh They ain't real what they talking, they ain't real, uh They ain't real what they singing, they ain't real, uh They ain't real, don't believe them, they ain't real, uh the track turn around. Every time I turn around, cousin getting taste. And every time I turn around, call me from the state. And every time I turn around, hold another case. And I just wanna make it. But every time I turn around, somebody gotta hate me. And every time I turn around, somebody tryna play me. They make me wanna turn around, mac them in their face. You know, I think it's 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 a it's it's a pretty incredible track to listen to, and and even though a lot of the album, majority of the album is you know, tells us who you are as an MC, I think this track in particular really kind of opens, open you know you open yourself up to who you are, not just as an MC but as a person, um, and it's yeah. a, it's a song that you, you know you dedicated to Keith Lamont Scott, um, black man who was shot and killed by Charlotte Police in uh, September 2016. Um, yeah. When you're creating something like this, like this track that is obviously about some real, you know, real shit that's going on, how, how, I guess emotionally, how tough is it to write? And then are you kind of extra critical of your lyrics because you want to do the, the track justice, but also in this case, uh, Keith Amon Scott and his family justice? Yeah. So, so I actually made the record before the incident, right? I made the record based off, you know, by the time, by the time of Keith's passing, it was like we had kind of even got used to this. Right, you know what I'm saying? Right, it had been right. so many different instances, starting from like Trayvon Martin and then going into so many different ones, right? Mm -hmm. So that, I had made the record, um, I had took like a, like real early in the process of creating uh, Almost Time, I only think I had maybe like, 
one or two songs like so long was the first record and then i kind of just based it around that but i wanted to get grab some inspiration and um we took a road trip to atlanta and uh we recorded out of patchwork studios and that's why i created turnaround and i was just because i was like you know before we left like watching like cnn and just seeing all of you know all the all the stuff that was going on and then, you know, even, you know, calling back home cause you know, I don't live in Durham anymore. When I moved back, I was in Durham for a little bit, but I moved to Charlotte, which is like two hours away, still in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I called back home and I'm like talking to family member, talking to some of my homeboys and they just telling me about all the stuff that's going on and all the violence and, oh, this person did this and, or that person, you know, and I'm just, it was kind of all happening at once. And I just wanted to channel that into a record. And, and I, I was like, man, every time I turn around, it's this or that. So that that was the development of the song. And I just had it. And now we're in the rollout of the project. And, um, you know, another incident would happen. And this time is Keith Lamont. And it really hit home because it's so crazy The where he got shot, I literally lived the next neighborhood behind it. Like, he got shot behind. You know what I'm saying? So it was like, I. I it's funny. Well, it was not funny, but I drove past there just a couple, like, 30 minutes ago and was just thinking about that. Like, I can, you know, because you go see the tape, you can go see that video right. on, uh, you know, on the internet. And I was just looking, drove, driving past it in person. I'm like, yo, this is crazy. This is weird. That you know that that whole thing happened. And I was like, man, we were actually supposed to put out another record, and I'm really not one for you know. I I don't want to like try to put records out because of the time period. Of, oh, this is going on, so you should do this, or right. you know, like some giving me advice like, hey, they're riding downtown, you should go shoot a video. Like I ain't want to do something like that, but I felt I felt like I needed to express this and i had the video in the stash for a long time too that was made beforehand but obviously it was talking about all of those things so i say okay i'm gonna dedicate this to them and their family and here you go and, and we we put that record out so does creating like a, a song and i mean a song about you know this this subject please please brutality and uh does this help you i guess kind of make sense of what's going on or does it is it just more of just like you know, a stress, I guess, more of like a stress reliever um, for you. I, I think it's a little bit of both. And that's really all I can do for myself. And the, the the great thing about music is like, no matter what, like I made that for, you know, my to, to channel my energy, channel my aggression and my frustration on a, on a you know, topic. Um, but I know that somebody, you can listen to that record and like, Put you, and, and put yourself in that position or and you know what I'm saying it can help the next person out that's what I love about music so you know it, when I talk in a personal perspective I'm only going to talk about my experiences but I know it's a million people with the same viewpoint you know what I'm saying and somehow some way maybe not everything but somehow some way you can like relate and that's when you know that's what music means the most when you can connect to it so I I made it for myself but I made it for everybody else that feels just like that I just want to just quickly turn to the, the the final two tracks of the album. Uh, there's what what they want and remember, um, and I think it's it's a 
really incredible, great example of uh, you know track placement making you know makes perfect sense here because you have what they want, which talks about people wanting a bunch of things from you and coming out of nowhere. Now that pe- now people are rec- that, now that more people are recognizing you as an artist, and then you have Remember, yeah. which is slightly similar, but it is it is calling people out for not supporting you while you were coming up. In terms of the entire concept of the album, why leave us with these two tracks, um, you know, to go out with? I don't know. I mean, I think I was thinking more, I was probably thinking more sonically to, to leave them, to have them go last than anything, just to kind of like wind down. You know, I don't want to like, I didn't want to leave so many, um, too many dull spots um, in the middle mm-hmm. or in the beginning. So it sonically, it made sense to put them at the end just because of the tone and the tempo and stuff like that. But I didn't really think about Maybe you know what I don't. I'm. I don't know. I ain't. I didn't really go. I wasn't too meticulous, and yeah, I'm gonna leave you with this. But I'm. I, I am kind of glad I left you with that. Like if that's the last thing you felt, you know, what I'm saying for the people I was talking to, you know, what I'm saying like because it, it should be an eye opener. I wanted it, the album to be an eye opener. That you know, like hey, it is really almost time, and you know, um, I still remember. You know, what I'm saying like. But I mean, I'm, I ain't going. I'm. I, I don't have plans of like holding grudges and like being like. You know, I, I just wanted you to know. Like, I want you to, that. That's the most champion thing I can have. You know, triumphant feeling I can get is to, you know, to have people that probably will sleep before finally wake up. And I mean, I'm not going to rub it in your face, but I, I want you to know I ain't gonna never forget. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, you obviously know. Um... Almost time came out in October 2016, but you've you know you've, you've you continue to release out music that is not on the album, and and one one track that you released on December 5th of 2016 was called Wave. A year didn't pass from then to now. Thought about was working out. Once again, I lost a friend. I had to switch my personnel. White series when he's big and every verse a personal. Mama told me prayers like the gems of watching. Can you tell us the importance of the date, December 5th, for you and why? I think I read in an interview that you are planning to, or you, you know, you consciously decide to drop Wave on the, the date, December 5th. Yeah, that's, uh, that's my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, it's a pretty important day for me. <laughs> no, um, yeah, I've been I've been I've been doing it like for like at least like three four years in a row now. Where on my birthday I drop a record, and it's always a reflective record on where I am at that moment. Funny thing is, Big Dreams, which I didn't have the the mindset of putting on the album at first, was dropped on my birthday before. Oh. Um, so it got real early before the album came out. Um, but it ended up like catching up you know what I'm saying um so I always like I always like to do that and Waves was more it was different it was different from the last couple releases as far as like sonically it was more about like cause that's what I was feeling like I was really starting to feel the the you know the aftermath of like putting out Almost Time and how people responded to it and you know certain things happening and um, I still feel like I'm on it. You know what I'm saying? I still feel like I'm on that way, but I'm still going through life problems. You know what I'm saying? I don't think I'll ever be able to escape those, no matter how, 
you know, no matter how, you know, successful you get or whatever, you, you know, you still, I, I think I'm really starting to realize that, that chasing success is success isn't the answer to solving, like, you know, personal issues or whatever. Like, I don't think that you might, that might get you some money maybe, but other than that, you, you can't run it. That, it, might, it might even cost more. So I, I Wave was, Wave was talking about some of those things pretty much scratching the surface and I'll probably talk about it more in a future project but um yes December 5th that's my birthday Flow so fucked out, I need me some red. One man so thick now, I need a parade. Let's sit on tall floats so we can just wait. I feel like a ball coach because we making plays. As you all know, you His know what we're you don't know Almost now. time, released October 2016. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at whoismarksteele, S-T-E-E-L-E. You know, Mark Steele, incredible MC and definitely a great talent. Uh, Mark Steele, thank you for joining me on the library with Tim Heinekel on rapstation.com. Hey, this was a pleasure, bro. Thanks for having me. And every time I turn around, call me from the state. And every time I turn around, hold another case. And I just want to make it. But every time I turn around, I gotta hate me. And every time I turn around, I trying to play me. They make me want to turn around, mack them in their face. Uh, but I gotta show patience. But nigga, what's the turn around? Cause I'm tired of waiting. And every time I turn around, money gotta make it. Just to turn around, let the government take it. Look at where we came Time fly, shit don't change But well, every time I turn around, niggas on the block And every time I turn around, I need getting shot And every time I turn around, hops killing blacks I never wanna turn around, ain't no looking back Shipping getting loose So every time I turn around Got some more proof And every time I turn around Murder on the news And every time I turn around Killing black youth Damn And we just want the truth So every time I turn around Watching YouTube And every time I turn around Find another clue The system gotta turn around Make for us to lose Damn But we just want closure Cause every time I turn around Getting pulled over And every time I turn around Pray to God hold us Cause if I turn around and grab my wallet Then it's over Fuck Look at where we came Time flies Shit don't change Well every time I turn around Niggas on the block And every time I turn around I getting shot And every time I turn around Hops killing blacks I never wanna turn around Ain't no looking back I'm not afraid to say I cried today I shed tears today I could have died today I'm not afraid to say I cried today I shed tears today I almost died today I'm not afraid to say I cried today I shed tears today I prayed Turn around, I getting shot. And every time I turn around, hops killing blacks. I never wanna turn around, ain't no looking back.
Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.